0: I'm Katherine Zox, your social worker with a microphone, and you're listening to The Katherine Zox Show. Joining me today is psychologist Dr. Allison Nirenberg, and she's author of No Perfect Love, Shattering the Illusions of Flawless Relationships. Perfect couples do not exist, nor do perfect families. Yet in our A photoshopped, Instagrammable world where we only present flawless versions of ourselves, we can easily be tricked into believing that they do. Clinical psychologist Dr. Allison Nirenberg has spent 30 years listening to couples, families, executives, celebrities, and professional athletes and is here to share the truth. Whether we are willing to admit it or not, every one of us experiences challenges in our relationships. With wisdom and compassion, she thoroughly explores the origins of perfectionism and how it keeps us stuck in a cycle of disappointment, anger, and resentment. Expertly combining psychological theory, popular culture, her patients' life-changing moments, as well as their own challenges and growth, she transforms trauma into triumph. She's been featured on MSNBC, ABC, CBS, Fox a- a and E, and so on. Welcome to the show. Nice to have you on, um, Allison. Can I call you Allison?
1: Sure, please do.
0: Okay, perfect couples do not exist, nor do perfect families. I get that. Uh, this perfectionist, I, this whole perfectionist idealistic thing, really impacts most people that I know. It, it's a, it's a real issue. So let's talk about where does it come from. What well, what are the origins of this perfectionism? Where does, how do we get this?
1: Yeah, well, our, our culture contributes to it. I mean, if you think about it, even as we're little boys or little girls, we grow up being raised on fairy tales, where there's this happy, e- happily ever, e- ever after ending, where the princess meets her prince and moves off to the castle. They never talk about what happens after you move into the castle. Do you have a mother-in-law to deal with? Do you have to deal with the environment? What about a pandemic? I mean, yeah. it's just like happily ever after and even our TV shows. I mean, there's shows like Sex in the City, um, Seinfeld, all these shows, you know, Sex in the City had four, you know, beautiful Manhattanites who had these great apartments, fabulous clothes, and they would go out and sit there in a diner and talk about the the men that they met and what what wasn't good enough and what they were searching for the perfect love. And then you have Seinfeld where he broke up with a Jerry Seinfeld broke up with a woman because she was a close talker or a double dipper or you know all these TV shows even The Bachelor and The Bachelorette where it takes finding the perfect partner and makes it into a competition our culture is one of the big contributors to this perfectionistic expectations we have
0: I have to ask you a question also, as you're sure. talking, I'm thinking about, uh, and I've been to and witnessed uh, a, a couple weddings recently. And it seems yes. to me those kinds of ceremonies also perpetuate this kind of perfectionism that you're talking about, even with couples in a second marriage. And you see a woman dressed Completely. up in this white gown or whatever, and they're talking yes. about for here and forever after and all this kind of stuff doesn't that play into it as well? And I'm talking about all the religions. Oh,
1: Catherine, think about how couples get engaged. You know, it used to be that this couple has been involved and they have this private moment where they decide to spend the rest of their lives together. Nowadays, even a proposal has to be this big, you know, Instagrammable moment where they hire a photographer or get a close friend who takes pictures and they put this, you know, dramatic proposal out there. You know, it used to be a private moment that, you know, they would celebrate together, maybe share it with a friend or family member the next day. Now everything's so dramatic and needs to look perfect. The if you think about when gone. kids yeah. start school, I was going to say, if any of you think about little kids starting school, now this new culture of moms, they have to, you know, post a picture of their child starting their first day of school and getting onto the bus and they'll, they'll have this you know, information about his favorite color and his teacher, and they have it like written on a poster board. And just to show how on it they are as parents to, you know, really know everything about their kids. Everything has to be this dramatic social media moment.
0: Dramatic social media moment. That I think that's yes. key. That That is really well said. Yes. and And, and that's yes. what prevails. And that's what we're working with. So, okay, given that, now what do we do? Obviously, that's what you talk about in the book.
1: Yeah. Well, but but you know what? It's even bigger than this. Our culture impacts it, but I also think our families impact it. When we grow up with families with stress, I know the guest before me was talking about trauma, but if you go, if you come from a family with trauma or alcoholism or, you know, divorce, there's this, you don't want to this feeling that you don't want to cause more pain. You want to make things look good. You want your family to to seem like it's all together and hide what's really going on. So there's this perfectionist expectations, especially if there's anxiety in the family. And that's, so I think there's pressure to there too. Yeah.
0: So, I mean, given both of those set or all of those set of circumstances, we're in trouble. I mean, Yes. (laughs) yes, we are. So, uh, let's take a jumping off point. What can we do? Yeah. How how do we?
1: Yeah. Well, you know what? What I what I really advocate for is being more real, being more authentic. You know, it's so often there's been books written about our own perfectionism, that we look at, you know, the perfectionistic expectations we have of ourselves. And there's been lots of books that look at couple therapy, but there haven't been books that really look at that expectation that we put on somebody else, on our partner, on our kids to be perfect, all that pressure we put on looking for that happily ever after. And I think part of it is we need to relax our expectations on our kids. We need to relax our expectations on our partners. You know, if you think about it, there's been this this pressure to have your kids be successful and looking at it as a narcissistic extension of yourself. So if your kid gets into the right college then you're successful. You know, there was that whole scandal with, um, California. with uh, Rick Singer, that college uh, coach who got um, famous celebrities like Lori Loughlin and Felicity Hoffman to get their kids uh, into college. They would do whatever they needed to do. They would cheat. They would um, basically at, you, you, pretend they were on sports teams they weren't on. They would cheat with the SATs, and they were totally vilified by our culture. But I but I think it was bigger than them making a mistake. I think it was that there's this expectation that we have to look perfect. Our kids have to be successful. Our marriages have to be that image that's shown on Instagram. And it's a lot of pressure. So, I, so I in think other words, we have to accept our, our own... Yeah.
0: Vuln, first, we have to accept our own vulner, vulnerabilities, as you say. That's key. That's number one, yes. right?
1: And then you we can go... It.
0: Yeah. And then we can then, I think, go forward. So you have a, a lot of case studies in your book. Let's talk about yeah. some of those, Yeah, you know, give us some examples. Okay. Yeah.
1: You know, it, it was interesting when, when I was writing this book, I, I, I just was writing for my heart and I, all of my patients that I've seen over the years, I, I've been doing this 30 years as a therapist, but all, I kept getting these visual images. I kept thinking about my patients and how much I really care about them and how much i have seen them struggle with the way things should be instead of the way things are. And it's, it's that, you know, I, I think I, I wrote about the man who um, had a, a difficult relationship with his mother and how he w- didn't feel good enough. And there was so much shame he carried that he wasn't enough. And so Every woman he dated, one had to be better than the last, and if somebody went on a first date with him and he realized she had an accent or she was a vegetarian or there was anything in his list that wasn't ideal or perfect, he would dump her. He would want to break up with her before she got to really know him. So in a sense, it was a type of self-protection. I don't want her to see me that I'm really flawed So he wouldn't let her see that he's a recovering alcoholic. He didn't let her know that he was, you know, struggling with issues with his own family. So he was the master of the first date and he would take her to this fabulous dinner and then take her back to his apartment and show her from the top of his roof deck that he had this view of the whole city and that everything looked beautiful. And, you know, sometimes he'd be sexual with the date, sometimes he wouldn't, but Whenever they got too close, he would run. But the problem with this was he was really lonely. And I think the problem with having these perfectionistic expectations is it leaves you lonely and isolated. And so
0: when you're lonely and isolated, is that a can be, I guess, uh, for many people, uh, a, a life changing moment and deciding this isn't working for me. This There's something not right. This is something I have to do differently.
1: I think it takes a lot of different things for people to hit rock bottom. You know, one thing is this pandemic, when there was so much isolation and loneliness, I think it was a wake-up call for a lot of my patients who were alone, that I I don't want to be alone. I don't want to be quarantining by myself or, you know, seeing their friends move on in relationships and this kind of, the isolation was so extreme that it made them realize, I want to do things differently.
0: How does, I I want to ask you this question, because I think it fits in here. I I find that a lot, many people in my sphere are are trying to, are are always talking about, when's this going to end? When are we going to get back to normal? I don't know if this is part of the perfectionism thing, but when are things going to be good again? And in reality, things are never go back, obviously, we evolve and how we evolve is, you know, how we evolve. But and, and, and now we have another strain of COVID and we have, a yeah. lot. you know, we have the same things happening, but in a different context. Fortunately, we have vaccines. Yeah. We have things that we've done yeah. to mitigate this, but that it, it, they're not able uh, to adjust to this, that this is something they yeah. want it. I'm saying perfect, but um, kind yeah. of fits into this whole paradigm. Yeah.
1: I, I, hey, I think we're all guilty of it, wanting it the way it was. Yeah. And, uh, you know, looking at the good that comes from trauma or tragedy or struggles and, and realizing, okay, at least you realize what's really important. You know, for me, I realized in this more time in the house that I, I, I could get some satisfaction out of writing. It was something I'd always wanted to do, but never had the time. Um, I'm pretty extroverted, and being home gave me this opportunity, and I, I think I realized I didn't need as much stuff less shopping and less, you know, being out there and kind of realizing to get more needs filled within. And I think it's even with friendships, it's, I realized who I really missed and wanted to see and wanted to make exceptions for and who I didn't miss as much. So it's kind of like prioritizing people that make us feel good and letting go of relationships that don't. And that's the plus. Those are the upsides that
0: you know, yeah. people like yourselves have done. But many people haven't done that. And, and that I no. I think that, yeah. And so I, I think that is a, a an issue. Um, that's why your well, book I, you is know, important. You know,
1: another uh, upside, I, I don't know if it's an upside or a downside, but it's been um, so many more people are in therapy. Oh, my God, we're busy. And I think yeah. it's that there's so many people who had stigmatized going to therapy in the past are now we're really struggling with depression, with anxiety, with loneliness. And I think the field has been really uh, saturated with people looking for therapists. I think um, people normalizing, getting help. So, I mean, that's good in some ways, you know, but in other ways it's it's negative that so many people are struggling.
0: Yeah. I would say that that's, I would say that is good. That sounds good because I think the issues, as you say, were there they may have been smoldering and of course then the COVID yeah. happened and they erupted so it's not yeah. that necessarily created that stuff it's just that yeah. they became aware of it so now and the help is out there that's which is good and being able to do therapy on zoom and all those kinds of things i think that's you know that's really positive now one of the things that um was in your bio that you consult with organizations like the national basketball association, the big time, uh, sports uh, groups. So what are their issues? Because they do have to be perfect or they're off the team. That's it. It's big time, big money. Yeah. How does that work? Yeah.
1: Well, if you think about it, to be a professional athlete, you've had to do a lot of sacrificing in your life. And if you're, you know, a hockey player, a basketball player, or a soccer, you've been doing this since you were a kid. So you didn't have some of the normal experiences that other kids have gotten, such as going to your high school prom or, you know, going to homecoming or dating. So in, in a way, you're treated as a grown-up before your, before your time. And then there's everybody who's, everything's so public. So you're in the public eye if you date somebody and it doesn't go well. You know, it's all over Twitter, it's all over Instagram, it's all over all the social media, and it's, uh, there's a lot more that's being challenged, and if you get connected with friends, you have to constantly move teams or start over, and there's a lot of loneliness, and, you know, we we see the glamorous part, oh, they get these great salaries, but... you know, it's also there's lots of addiction around. There's lots of people who are yesing you and you don't know if people are truly caring about you in relationship or are just impressed with your title. Yeah, those it's are funny. I'm not a I'm not a huge sports fan. So I when I first got my referral, you know, I, I, it's. It, to me, I didn't even know who the players were. <laughs> and so I had to do some research and, you know, it's just, uh, it, it's funny that I became a big part of my practice when it's something that, you know, really, I, I, I my, my husband and son kind of laugh because they're like, you don't even know much about sports, but I, you know, I, I've learned from listening to their pain and it's, you know, in a sense, they're just husbands and fathers and people struggling like all of us, just with yeah, a lot well, more public scrutiny.
0: That's interesting because, yeah, they're people and um, each one is unique. But as you say, they're parents and children and they they have the same relationships we do, but in a different context. Right. I mean, so that yeah. that was well, with your experience, that was probably easy to learn. It's the other stuff that's the difficult uh, to be, yeah. you know, in terms of being a good therapist. Right. Um, well, but you know what? It's
1: it's also it's pressure. I mean, there, there's so much pressure Even if they have a bad practice, you can't. And and a lot of that same pressure and perfectionistic expectations they put on themselves, they put on their partners. And so, and it's also, there's, you know, a lot of um, women wanting to be in relationship with them. So it's, it's hard to focus and be present for what you have and appreciate what you have.
0: So let's say when you're doing the, that kind of consulting, about how long does it take mm-hmm. to work with? I mean, just, I mean, obviously, I suppose it depends on the individual, but um, in, in terms of consulting and working with any one of these players, yeah.
1: yeah. You know, it, it depends. Each person's situation has been different. Some people would just need a few sessions other people, it's, you know, I, I've done a lot of couples therapy with athletes and their partners, and I've done a lot of, you know, I have a lot of people who have um, needed to travel for games, so we Zoom sessions worked out well, and, and um, you know, FaceTime and phone sessions, and some people I've worked with for years just um, until they were actually transferred. I would think
0: that the children particularly would have difficulties you talk about perfectionism and trying to look, live up to expectations you have a famous athlete father mother whomever it is that would be I, I would think that that would be difficult
1: definitely and i've worked with a lot of children of these athletes and in, in the sense it's like if they're athletic too but just not that caliber of an athlete it's hard people are constantly comparing you to your parent
0: Getting on to another topic, um, you talk about mm-hmm. narcissism. How does that fit into all of this in terms of romantic relationships?
1: Yes, well, it, it, if you look at it um, if you look at it, narcissism and perfectionism are really linked. Um, Arnold Rothenstein, a famous psychoanalyst, said um, that uh, he basically said that what narcissism is is looking for uh, the perf- looking for perfection. You know, looking for that perfect partner. If I have a perfect wife, then I won't be unhappy. If I have that perfect husband, then things will be great. You know, it's not looking at yourself. You know, it's looking for the answer externally. So if only my family is great and I can't tolerate anybody else's imperfection, because if I do, then I'm going to have to look at my own.
0: And what about the spouse who says, I, I'm I'm dating or I'm married, a narcissist, and it's terrible. All they think about is themselves. Yeah. Um, yes. And, yeah. And that that's...
1: So I, I think one of the hardest parts with narcissism is a lack of empathy. So the person doesn't have the ability to really consider um, his partner's feelings or how his behavior impacts another person. And I think unless it's a really extreme narcissist, I think... We all are at some point on a continu continuum of wanting to be seen and wanting to be admired, and I think empathy can be learned; it just takes a long time in therapy yeah. um, and, and narcissist i mean
0: isn't the traditional narcissist more um yeah that, that's a different kind of a narcissist. We use it more in layman's terms as like you're talking about, yeah. or let the question that I asked yeah. you, yeah. Uh, it's not somebody who has a So I, so severe, I look at it.
1: Yeah. I look at it as like that need for admiration, that need to be seen, that need to be noticed. That, you know, I need excessive flattery to feel okay. I I don't have empathy for other people's situations. The rules don't apply to me. Um, this sense of, you know, kind of larger than life. Um, I need this attention and admiration to feel okay. Well, let's because talk about Beth- often, Yeah, the, go ahead. Yeah, narcissists weren't properly mirrored as kids. They didn't feel seen. And it's never enough.
0: What about boundaries? How does that fit into the picture? I always think boundaries are key. If we can set boundaries, but physical boundaries, emotional boundaries, we'll really be in good stead. (laughs) Yeah. We only have
1: three minutes left. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I... I think boundaries are so important. Boundaries in our relationships, boundaries in the workplace, boundaries with our family members. I think it's saying what we will and won't tolerate. So in a sense, in a relationship, it could be saying, all right, let's put our phone down when we eat dinner. Or I love you, but I'm not willing to call in sick for you if you've been drinking. You know, These are my boundaries. These are certain beliefs that I need to have in place to protect myself from being Taken over from you, so it's can I keep my own journal? Can I, you know, what are my rules that I need to feel safe in in, in relationship with you? And you know, there's boundaries with family members, like whether it's keeping a visit short and sweet, or I, I t- often recommend to patients to bookend their visits with family members if they're particularly tough or toxic, and call a friend before they go or call a therapist or a friend when they come home to kind of uh, process it so it doesn't stay stuck within them. And, you know, boundaries in the workplace, so often all these work environments think that we're available all the time. And so putting on a do not disturb feature on your phone when you're on vacation is crucial. Or, you know, having some time off where you don't answer your phones or your texts. I think it's all really important so that our whole life isn't taken over by somebody else's demands.
0: Yeah. I think that's well said. And, and the problem is I think that I'll speak for myself. I get a high when mm-hmm. everybody needs me, whether it's my family or my work and I have to step back and say, it. well, it might feel good, but it's not in the yeah. long run. It's not a good thing to do. And you have to do just the kinds of things that you just mentioned, but okay. A couple minutes left. Um, sure. Great book. Great conversation. Uh, no Perfect Love, oh, Shattering the Illusions of Flawless Relationships. Um, and we've been talking, or I've been talking to Dr. Allison Nirenberg. Website or websites that we can go to to get more information about the book and about you?
1: Yeah, so my website is it's an easy one. It's um, www.healingrelationshipspa.com. Um, and that's my relation. That's my website. But I also, if you went on Amazon or Barnes & Noble or any indie bookstore where you get books, uh, it should be available.
0: Great. Thanks so much for, having, for, having, uh, for uh, being on the show today. Yeah, great conversation.
1: It was a pleasure. Thank you so much, Catherine.
0: Thank you. I'm Catherine Zox, your social worker with a microphone, and you've been listening to The Catherine Zox Show.